welcome to the Pastor's Cut Podcast. I'm Marissa Carter. I'm here with Dave McPherson and a very kind of a quieter Darren Spoo. I, I'm, I'm having a little trouble speaking today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's like, Marissa, you take the lead. And I was like, oh, thanks for the yeah. heads up. Is, is a pack of menthols a bad thing to do right before going on in the air? Well, to do all of them. <laughs> Boy. To smoke do, all ooh. of them at once. <laughs> it's like, ooh, it's I minty. Could... I thought it would help. <laughs> for the record, I don't smoke, but it sounds like I do. Yeah. So this is uh, the podcast for December 10th, the service that will be on December 10th about shepherds. We're in Luke 2. Uh, verses 1 through 21. And before we get started with the scripture, how was your Thanksgiving? How was your, how was your Thanksgiving? Mine was great. Quiet. <laughs> Mine was loud and full. We had a full house. It was it was a fun. It was a fun time. We had my brother in from Phoenix with his daughter. We had my parents in from Phoenix. We had food everywhere. It was a blast. My wife cooked and cooked and cooked. She is an incredible saint. And thank you, Ginger, if you <laughs> Yay, happen to Ginger. be listening to this podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, our family uh, at my mom's house, all of my generation did all the cooking this time. Um, nice. So uh, that was great for my mom. She loved it. And, um, Darren, how was yours? Well, so um, we had a very quiet one. All our married kids were away, so it was very the opposite of days. Mm. What disturbed me most is I, I heard a poll the day before Thanksgiving that the least favorite Thanksgiving food is cranberry sauce, which offended me deeply. I love a cranberry sauce. I love cranberry sauce. I, okay, are you a canned cranberry sauce or a homemade cranberry so sauce? I like, to, I like to get the very outside of the loaf. I don't know if, if you call that that comes out of the can because you have the rings from the can yeah, just yeah. like mom used to make it. Mm, mm. The nubs. Mm. The nubs, the, 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 <laughs> the crust of the, uh, of, <laughs> nice. the, of, the, of the cranberries. Oh, so my I, goodness. But, but I like it homemade. Um, those berries in it or just straight from the can. Yeah, I Any, don't discriminate. Anything. No. No, but I do make it every year for um, my husband's family because we visit their family too, and I am the absolute only person that eats it, but I make it every time, and I bring it in a beautiful bowl as if it's to share, but really it's yeah. just for me. Mm. It's, <laughs> Everybody else eats it. <laughs> it's the one time a year you can just eat jelly straight up and nobody judges you for it. Yeah, or maybe they are, and they're just keeping it to yeah, themselves. That's true. But okay. you guys are getting marshmallows on your sweet potatoes, so whatever. Oh, that's good, too. That's good. <laughs> okay, so you can hear from my voice that I only have so many words I can use, uh, and I'm going to be better before Sunday. Uh, let me make one announcement, and then I'm going to let Marissa and Dave handle the passage today. Uh, we're coming up on Christmas Eve, and it happens to fall on a Sunday this year. So I'm reminding everyone, community group leaders, we are not having community group that morning. We are on the 31st. Yes, we are. That's okay. correct. So just on Christmas Eve, no community group. That morning, we're doing a 10 a.m. carols and communion, just a very simple, beautiful service. And then we are continuing our tradition of two Christmas Eve services at 3 and 5 o'clock. And so just remember, it's kind of like that old Dr. Pepper commercial. Does anyone remember the first Dr. Pepper ads? No. Elaborate. I'm sorry. <laughs> way, way back, a uh, uh, hundred years ago, it was ten, two, and four. Ten, two, and four. That's exactly <laughs> right. So you were supposed to drink a Dr. Pepper at ten, two, and four, and that's before doctors started talking about uh, drinking sugary drinks. <laughs> so we're doing ten, three, and five uh, on that day. Ten a.m. carols and communion, and then three and five for our Christmas Eve service. And judging by the looks on your face. You're tired of me speaking right now. No, <laughs> no. not at all. Please it's, continue. You can, you, by all means, we can keep talking. You're welcome to sit in with us. I, I want you to conserve your voice too, though. So yeah, I, I will. Yesterday, I, I was a descant. Today, I'm a bass. So 
Uh, it's really weird. So hopefully be better by Sunday. I appreciate you guys taking the uh, so if, pastor's So if cut. you happen to hear just in the background someone going, that's just Darren <laughs> trying to, to, to emulate that, the James Earl Jones oh, personality. Yeah. Not an inhaler. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. All right. Well, appreciate you guys, and y'all have a great week. All right. Bye, Darren. <laughs> so we are in Luke chapter 2, and uh, specifically verses 8 through 20 um, take us into um, the fields where the shepherds were. So I'll go ahead and read the passage. Sounds great. All right. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So Dave, why don't you lead us off in the so, discussion? As, as we start off, I, you know, this is such a grand encounter with God's presence, mm. with angels who, who are bringing this message from the Lord. I can't help but think in some ways how, how much we envision, you know, hearing this grand message from God through, through angels and through a great encounter, but in all reality, our day-to-day experience is very far from that. And mm. so how do we reconcile the two, and, and how do we in some ways even start the process of, of discerning the voice of God so we can understand it, maybe like the shepherds actually understood it, and still respond to God mm-hmm. accordingly? I think of you know Henry Blackaby in Experiencing God right. and, and how we, we learn to discern God's voice by reading the Bible, by praying, by seeking God's presence, and walking through day-to-day life. One thing that, that strikes me about this passage, maybe this is a good starting point for us to talk about, mm-hmm. the shepherds were doing what they did every night. You yeah. know, verse 8, they, they were watching their flocks. Sure. They, yeah. they were just hanging out, doing what they normally do. And in the middle of doing what they normally do, that's when they encountered God's presence. And so... Maybe as, as you're talking around in your community groups, a good entry point is, well, what do you normally do in your day-to-day routines, and how do you sense God and work in your life when you're doing the mundane things? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking about last week about Mary being available, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons why uh, God went to the shepherds first was just because they were available. They were there. They were waiting, um, just like Anna and Simeon and and uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth. You know, they were waiting for this symbolic dawn of God's redemption. And uh, the shepherds were cl- quite literally in the middle of the night, just waiting for the dawn, <laughs> just yes. anticipating uh, the light, keeping watch over their flocks by night. So that was, uh, yeah, I think that's great. Um, we expect um, sometimes or we want desperately for God to make these grand gestures for us mm-hmm. um, and um, and to um, make his power known to us. And how fantastic, what a gift that the shepherds got that. Um, but just mm-hmm. like Blackaby says, you know, he, he uses different ways to speak to us. And so when we read this passage, um, one thing we can do is know that this message is for us also. 
yes. when these uh, when these miraculous uh, <laughs> words of God happen in the Scripture, you know those messages are for us as well. So if you are feeling distant from God, if you are anticipating the dawn, um, read this passage and this promise is for you. Yes, and so on that, I, I mean, I think it's equally fitting to then then ask the question in your community group: What is the message, and how does the message bring hope to the shepherds? And so, you know, dissecting that. Don't be afraid, the angel says in verse 10, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ. I think your translation said Messiah, the Mm -hmm. Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And so wrapped up in this image, there's this idea, God was stepping into world history. He was sending a Messiah, a Savior, who would come into human affairs to reconcile things to himself, that mm-hmm. instead of brokenness being around, brokenness wouldn't be there anymore. Right. And I love that, um, you know, the sh- shepherds, there's there's a real significance in the fact that he came to the shepherds first. Um, this idea that they weren't just being included in this, but that it was for them. To you, a Savior is born. Yes. That, that this isn't just something, you know, you're not an afterthought anymore. In God's kingdom, this is for you. Um, I think there's kind of an expectation that God would send his angels to someone um, from the religious sects, to a scribe or a Pharisee, or, uh-huh. or, um, but he sent them to shepherds. Um, and his message was for, uh, you know, for the Pharisees, for the religious leaders, of course, also. Um, but, uh, you know, some of us are so steeped in scripture that we have no problem um, accepting God's love you know, because we have greater knowledge of him. And some of us are so self-righteous that we would just automatically assume <laughs> that God's message is for us, right. that his favor is on us. Um, and uh, But there are others that, you know, assume that God's message is for other people, but not for me. Um, you know, uh, people that, you know, the, sh- the shepherds being the youngest children of their families, mm-hmm. being um, kind of stuck in this, uh, in this job that doesn't have any upward mobility. Mm-hmm. They weren't given the same education. I just think of, you know, some people, someone saying, you know, oh, I don't know about all that. That's not really for me. Um, but his, uh, his love is extended to them also. These are the people that needed that um, constant reassurance, like a lot of us do, that, um, that God's love was for them also, that this message was for them also. And so they. this is kind of like God <laughs> putting his hand mm-hmm, on their shoulders mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. making like direct eye contact and saying in no uncertain terms, I love you and I'm for you. I know where you are. And the religious people, you know, they didn't necessarily need an angelic host to proclaim that over them. Um, and they were comfortable with the idea of being on God's side. Um, you know, Jesus would later on kind of break down some of those uh, maybe more self-righteous um, uh, ideas that uh, were amongst the religious elite um, to make it kind of clear that mm-hmm. God's gift wasn't because of their worthiness or because they um, uh, merited it in any way. But there are those on the margins and those on the outskirts of society that Jesus lifted up. And he made clear to them that they were worthy of this message, that they were, um, that they had dignity and worth, and that they were seen and blessed. Yes, and I, I think it's worth you know camping on and talking about a little bit what shepherds were in antiquity. I, mm-hmm. I know we may have described it, or we may have explored it in this podcast before. I, I know, Marissa, you and I have had a conversation, or you, me, Darren, have had that conversation yeah. before. It, I don't even think we've necessarily addressed it from the stage, from from the standpoint of in a, in a message. 
what exactly was the status of shepherds in in Jewish society? Mm-hmm. And so do you mind expanding that a little bit as sure, well? Because yeah. I think that adds so much more to the text and to this message to a people that were marginalized. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of have this romantic view of shepherds, and that was definitely the case in um, in first century Judea that that, um, you know, David was a shepherd, mm-hmm. um, uh, Rebecca and Abraham and uh, Moses and Jacob all spent time as shepherds. So there was this romantic idea of shepherding, but mm-hmm. day-to-day life for a shepherd was so difficult um, because they were um, dealing with livestock, like any profession that dealt with livestock, they were considered unclean um, because they had to make sure their shep- their flocks were protected um, they weren't able to go to temple. They weren't able to keep Sabbath. And so they were kind of kept out of religious life because of that. Um, these were um, certainly... I, sometimes um, people describe shepherds as like um, as dock workers and hooligans and, and ruffians. And, mm-hmm. and, and certainly there was some elements of that, that there were some adult men that were in those crowds. But a lot of them were teenagers. A lot of them were boys and girls. These were the youngest children of a family. Um, that were uneducated, that didn't have any upward mobility, um, that were kind of given to the fields (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to take care of this job that was so necessary for temple worship, um, but who were forgotten and and marginalized because of their status with unclean animals. Um, They were also seen as thieves. So you have this, um, you know, when, when... uh, the patriarchs were shepherds. It was more of a um, culture of shepherding. But as agriculture became a bigger deal, farmers hated shepherds because the flocks were always eating their crops. Mm-hmm. And Bethlehem, you know, this was the breadbasket of of Judea, of Palestine. So there were lots of uh, fields around the town that the shepherds would lead their sheep through <laughs> and let mm-hmm. their sheep graze on. So, uh, so farmers did not care for the shepherds. Um, the religious people did not care for the shepherds because they weren't able to do the right sacrifices to mm-hmm, participate in mm-hmm. religious life. And there was a lot of, um, of feelings of inadequacy, I imagine, amongst that group um, just because they were uneducated, because they weren't allowed to be in religious life, because they were removed from, you know, they didn't clock out, they didn't go home, they lived in those fields mm-hmm. with the animals, but God knew exactly where they were. Absolutely, yes. God knew where they were. God came to them and personally visited them or sent an angel to visit them to say, God is here among you. You should go and see. And so they went. And and I love that, that immediately the text says, when the angels left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened. And so mm-hmm. they immediately go to check it out. And in the process of doing so, they end up encountering God in the flesh in Jesus, mm-hmm. and they worship God as a result. And so... Maybe there's something about whenever you encounter God, whenever you have that moment, whether it's this grand ah, moment <laughs> or it's it's this this quiet sort of moment where it's it's a day to day. God's presence has invaded your space through Scripture, through a conversation, through just a time of prayer and meditation. What do you do in your soul to worship God? How do you respond to that in a way that says, "God, wow, thank you, thank you for for helping me encounter your presence." Yeah, yeah. And the message is going to be a lot about joy mm-hmm. and and the joy that the shepherds felt uniquely um, from being included, from being um, accepted and offered hospitality at the manger and by God. So and just um, when we went through Ephesians, um, you know, Paul speaks so often in Galatians and Ephesians about the joy and freedom that mm-hmm. comes from a relationship with Christ. 
And for those who are on the outskirts and the fringes, um, when they are finally come to terms with the reality of God's love, their joy is so much stronger, is so much mm-hmm. more beautiful. Um, and it's, it's, it's beautiful yes. to see when somebody feels like they're too far from God or, or not worthy of God's love, when they finally come to terms with that love, just the joy that they experience. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, the gospel is for those forgotten children on the hillsides outside of town who've been called unclean, and that's a lot of us. A, mm-hmm. a lot of us see us ourselves in um, in those terms. So, just you know, one thing that you can think about in your community groups is um, when have you felt distant from God? Mm. Um, when have you um, uh, felt like um, you know there's been situations in your life? that you are too far from God for him to be able to find you. Um, and if you've never felt that, maybe you are meant to be the voice of the angels. <laughs> you know, yeah, Maybe you're true. meant to um, see other people and, and, and affirm in them God's love over their lives. Um, who are the people in your life that need to hear that the good news of Jesus Christ this Christmas is for them? Mm-hmm. Um, and what can you do to share that good news with them? Which... It- you know, if I were teaching this, I would look through it. I think I would land. You know, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which they'd just been told. Um, they also went and they, you know, they told Mary what had happened. They talked amongst themselves what had happened. They they told other people, mm-hmm. as many people as they could find. Hey, oh, yeah, we just yeah. re- encountered Jesus. We encountered the Messiah. There's something about when you found hope, you can't help but share it with other oh, people. For sure. When you're filled with joy, you can't help but want to share that. And, yeah. and so. What are ways that you do share that with other people? And how do you find people who don't have hope and, and share that with them? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ken Bailey is one of my favorite biblical scholars. Um, he does mm-hmm. a lot of um, digging into the cultural context of these uh, verses. And and he talks about how the shepherds um, probably were nervous to go to uh, to see the baby Jesus, that they mm-hmm. would be afraid that they wouldn't be welcomed. Um, the fact that Jesus was in a manger, that he was in swaddling clothes, and that the angels say that specifically to them helped them to understand, oh, it's okay. We can go. This is mm. this baby is one of us. So there's this really beautiful incarnational message to this as well. Of course, literally, this we're talking about the incarnation. Right. But the just the bigger idea of God being amongst us. And meeting us on our terms yes. where we're at in a way that we can relate to him mm-hmm. instead of just being so high and lofty and out there that we it's unattainable. Right, right. Yeah, we're being judged by God's standards, not the standards of society, not our own mm-hmm. standards. And and I think so often we talk about how God um, bucks the the expectations of society, but he also bucks our own expectations. And And so if you feel like you're unworthy, not that other people are calling you unworthy, but if you're, you feel like you're unworthy, God's saying no, that, that I'm for you. Amen. What a great message and what a great word that, that is very present in this passage. Yeah, yeah. If you had one more thing you could say about this passage, Marissa, what would it be? I think that just that um, the gospel message that Jesus knows the needs of each of our hearts. Um, he knew exactly what the shepherds needed to hear. Um, later on in his ministry, we'll hear him speak to other people, but he's always telling the people on the outskirts, those who are looking in the windows and looking at the table of God, and he's bringing us in, and he's saying, I've set a place for you at this table. I expected you 
um, there's images of, of Jesus scooping the children that were ignored and shushed into his arms and saying, I'm here for you, I'm listening to you, I'm present for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's the message of the shepherds, that Jesus is for us. Yes, absolutely yes, 100%. Yeah. So I guess, uh, anything else? I, anything else you got? You know, I, I would say, if, if I would just encourage us, you know, as, as Darren is looking at this from the standpoint of what, what characteristics are present in, in the characters, in the story, how can we apply those to our lives? They were actually, like, like Mary last week, they were available. They were mm-hmm. listening to what God was saying to them. They went and saw for themselves, and then they responded by worshiping God and telling other people. Yeah. So maybe cultivate a sense of, of hunger. God, where you work in my life, where you mm-hmm. work in the life of others, you know, that kind of that Henry Blackaby sort of idea. Um, speak to me and then use me yeah. to, to share your hope, your joy with other people. Yeah, yeah. I loved how you said, that, you know, they were filled with so much joy, it's such abundance of joy that they couldn't help but share it with others. Yeah. That should be us. Absolutely, yeah. don't, yes. Don't hoard that message, spread it, so... So with that, we'll go ahead and close out. Um, Have a great week. Uh, May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you um, from now and forever. Amen. Amen.